Right? Listen, we, we, we're not, this is, this is not Disney 101. Right? This is real. This is real. And what a wonder it is, huh? That Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, would put on the same human flesh that he created to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to be crucified, so that his, re- his creation could be reconciled back to himself. What a plan that was, huh? Right? No sacrifice could ever be enough. No blood of bulls, no blood of goats could fully atone for sin. The law was insufficient. We see it over and again. And so Jesus, the eternal Son of God, became man, became the atonement, satisfied the judgment of God, took upon Himself all of the wrath of God. Why? So that our sins could be forgiven. And listen to this, please. So that we could enjoy the same relationship with the Father that Jesus does. Jesus said his, his prayer in John 17, His Father, that they may be one as we are one. What does that mean? One in relationship. The, 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 the goal, the desire of the Lord Jesus Christ is that we could enjoy the Father in the same way that God the Father and God the Son enjoy their relationship together. What a marvel that is. We'll never really fully understand that, but I know it's available to us. And I'm thankful for that. You know what? I've noticed this. It is the inability of man that leads us to the, to the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. When we understand how, how, how the, uh, our inability, it can only lead us to the ability of Jesus Christ. When somebody comes along and achieves something that you're not able to achieve, right? You can look at that and it, it, what it does is it reveals your inability. Yep. I remember one time I had this big, uh, big uh, in this house we lived in, it had all the old cast iron radiators in it. I love that. Best heat you could have, that old radiator heat. It's a, it's a good heat, and, uh, and you could sit on them if you wanted to. And I mean, it's, I just liked them. But I had one that we didn't use. It was out in the, out in the, the old uh, carriage house, and uh, it was a garage. I used it as a shop, but it was the old carriage house. And uh, I was going to put it up in my truck. It was just a little one out of a bathroom they had added later. It was just a little one. And I could not lift that thing up. It was heavy. And this was, how long, 15 years ago? I mean, I was a beast 15 years ago. And uh, I could not lift this thing up. And so somebody came by the house, right? And I said, hey, after you eat your lunch, because it's free, can you uh, help me put this in the truck? You know what that jack leg did? All by himself, picked the thing up and put it in the back of my truck. And I just went. Never mind. <laughs> what happened? Their ability revealed my inability. Right. I li- listen tonight. Throughout the, 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 the ability, our inability reveals the ability of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our insufficiency reveals the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. This is the testimony of John the Baptist here in John chapter 1. And throughout this text, John never ceases to show his inability and Jesus' ability. He never ceases to show that it is not about John, but it's all about Jesus. And the the famous response of John in John chapter 3 and verse 30 sums up his life quite wonderfully when he said, I must decrease and he must increase. Which leads me to the title of the message tonight, Christmas is all about him. It's all about him. 
And I want to show you this tonight in John chapter 1 through the life and the ministry of John. If you'll notice here in, uh, in, in verse 15... In verse 15, the Bible says, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I want to show you here, number one, the witness of John and what he thought about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says here in verse 15, this was the one I told you about. He's preferred before me. That word preferred means to, to, to become to come into existence, to begin to be. Right? Now, hold on a minute. How old was John? Well, we know this. He was six months older than Jesus. And John said, he came before me. He's preferred before me. Right? John says, he so... so what, what, is, what does the word become uh, or preferred mean? I'm sorry. It means to become. It means to come into existence. It means to begin to be. Now let me ask you a real deep question. Did Jesus ever become or come into existence? It's not a trick question. No. He has always been. So what on earth is John talking about? Not only is he six months older, and he says that he's preferred before me, but listen, he is the ancient of days. He is the everlasting Father, or God. He is the Son of God, the, the uh, second person of the eternal Godhead. He is just as eternal as God the Father and God the Son. And so he didn't just become in, or become to be or come into existence, right? Now, this is Mormon doctrine, right? This is what the Mormons believe. God the Father has a celestial wife, and they had some spirit offspring, Jesus and Satan, right? And then Satan rebelled, but Jesus became a, a man and he did everything right and he became deity. That's what they believe. He became deity. And the Mormons believe not only that, but they believe that the same is possible for us, right? That's what they think. That, hey, this is their saying. Listen to the saying. This is what they say. As man is now, God once was. And as God is now, man can be. Lie, lie, lie. It is an absolute lie. Now, hey, listen, not only Mormon doctrine teaches this. Listen to what Joel Osteen's wife said. I heard her myself. Victoria, not like in person. I was watching it, okay? I wasn't there. But Victoria Osteen, she said this. Jesus was just a man until God touched him and put the spirit of the living God inside of him. Liar. You're a liar. Absolutely not. Listen, Jesus is the everlasting, ever-living, eternal Son of God, right? So according to our, look back at John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. You know, you have that word beginning, and then you had the word was, past tense. <laughs> He's before the beginning. I like that. In the beginning was the Word, that word logos, right? The express image of God, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Boy, it doesn't get any clearer than this. And the, Lord, and the Word was God. Now, you know what the New World Translation says there. Uh, this is the, the Bible of the Jehovah's Witness. They say the Word was a God. No, 
The Word was God. Look at this. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it, comprehended it not. And we see here in our verse that Jesus is the Word of God. So He never came to be. He never became into or or became into existence. And so Jesus, since Jesus always was, always has been, always will be, I'm the Alpha Omega, the beginning and end, right? It's what he says. <clears throat> since he since he always was, what about Jesus was preferred before John? It wasn't his eternal existence. But John said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, that he was preferred before me. What about Jesus was preferred before John. <clears throat> I'm glad you asked. First Peter 1.20 Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. What was foreordained before the foundation of the world, yet manifest in these last times? <coughs> well, let me get whatever's in my throat out of it. <clears throat> it was in the mind of God before he ever created one thing that Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, would put on human flesh and would become the sacrifice for sin once for all. Watch this. Jesus became Messiah. Jesus became Redeemer he became Savior. He has always existed, but from the beginning of time, He hasn't always existed as necessarily as Messiah or Savior. He became those when He was, when he was declared by God, right? Before the foundation of the world. He was slain before the foundation. It was determined this is what Jesus was going to do. Don't ask me to, to understand all of this. <clears throat> Don't ask me how something takes place in eternity where eternity is not time without end, but it is outside of time. Don't, don't ask me how to explain this. This is way deeper than you and I. But I know this, but G, that Jesus became man. He put on human flesh at a certain point in time and was born of the Virgin Mary. He has always been eternal God. But at some point in eternity, Jesus took upon himself the role of Savior. Watch, it was decided before John was ever even thought about. Revelation 13.8 and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now watch this, please. The existence of Jesus didn't come into place, into being. But watch, the role of Jesus in redemption came into being, and it was before creation. The role. John is saying, I'm pointing you, watch, I'm pointing you to Jesus, not myself. I can't save. I can't redeem. I'm pointing you to Jesus Christ, right? So he's pointed us to Jesus. Notice this, secondly, verse 17. John has pointed us to Jesus, not to the law. Not to the law. He's not pointing, he's, he's not pointing to himself, and he's not pointing us to the law. Look at verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came 
by Jesus Christ. You know this tonight. I know this tonight. The law was never intended to save. It was an MRI. It was an x-ray. It was to show that we have a problem. It was to show that we have a sin. Have sin. I don't think there's anything wrong in, in witnessing to somebody and soul winning and going through the Ten Commandments and showing them by the law that they are separate from God and sinners by nature and not only that, sinners by choice. I don't think it's wrong to do that. <clears throat> the law, but the law was never intended to save. The law was established to prove that we could not live it. How many have found that out? Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus, said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. And, he, and the rich young ruler says, well, I've kept all of them from my youth. And Jesus said, well, good, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and follow me. And the Bible says that he walked away with much sorrow. He turned and he walked away sorrowing. Why? Because he had much goods. He said he kept all the commandments, but the eternal God knows our heart. And he said, no, you haven't. Thou shalt not covet. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't keep the law. He thought he did. And you can't keep the law and I can't keep the law. And what the law was there for was a schoolmaster to show us that we cannot live righteously before God. Thirdly, the law was established to reveal the one who alone could fulfill it. The law was established so that we would see Jesus for who he is and what he was supposed to be. Hebrews 10, 1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. It will not happen. Hebrews 10, 4, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Hebrews 10, uh, 9 through 11, the Bible says, Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which, we will, uh, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Yeah. But this man... It goes on to say, after he had offered sacrifice, one sacrifices for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. John is saying here, I am pointing you to Jesus, not myself. I am pointing you to Jesus, not the law. This was the confession of John about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Notice secondly the confession of John, of what John thought about himself. Look at verse 19. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? Right? Remember, he's getting a crowd of people. The Bible says that all of Judea went out to see him and were baptized of him. I mean, the throngs of Israelites are going out there and, and believing the preaching of John and repenting and being, and being baptized with the baptism of John. And the, uh, the religious rulers are going, What is going on? So they came out to him and they're like, who are you? Who are you? And he confessed, verse 20, and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Amen. There's some yahoos out there. Every generation you got some yahoos out there saying they're Jesus, right? No, you're not. Amen. He confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, verse 21, they asked him, what then? Art thou Elijah? And he said, I'm not. 
Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. And they said unto him, Who are you? Right? If you're not any of these things, who on earth are you that we may give an answer to them that sent us? I added on earth there, okay? Uh, just so. What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I love this, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. You can go find that back in Isaiah chapter 40 sometime if you want to look it up. But he said, I am a voice. I love that answer. Do you know what the characteristic of a voice is? Listen to me. It's heard. It's not seen. And John said, I'm just a voice. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Don't look at me. Listen to who I'm preaching about. Don't look at me. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am just a voice of one Crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And so here he is, Malachi 3, 1, Behold, I'll send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. God said, I'm going to send a messenger. Look at this. I love this. I will send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Who came? Jesus. He's God. <laughs> he'll prepare. God said, he'll prepare the way before me. Jesus is God. John's response to the priests and the Levites was, I'm just a voice. I'm fulfilling prophecy. I'm preparing the way for God, our Savior. Amen. That's what we're celebrating here coming up next week. God came to earth. God put on human flesh. Right. You see this, what John thought about Jesus and what John thought about himself determined his ministry. It determined, listen, let me say it this way, it determined what John would do with his life. What he thought about Jesus, what he thought about himself, determined what he would do with his life. If you'll notice in verse 24, the Jews in verse 19 that sent the priests and the Levites to ask John who he was, right? We see this, they're actually Pharisees. And now they want to know why he's baptizing. Look at verse 24. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou art not the Christ, or Elijah, neither that prophet? What are they saying? Why, why are you getting such a huge following? Why are you amassing such a huge following? Why are you doing what you are doing if you are not the Messiah, if you're not Elijah, if you're not one of those prophets? Matthew 3, you can find this, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says this, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Yum. 
And then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions round about Jordan and were baptized of him of Jordan, confessing their sins. No doubt there were thousands that were going out into the wilderness to hear him preach. We're falling under conviction. We're coming into repentance and we're being baptized. So the Pharisees say, if you're not him, why are you doing this? If you're not him, why are you drawing tension away from us, right? It's like, it's like, it's almost like they're saying, hey, the Messiah is allowed to draw the attention away, but who are you to do this, right? Look at John's answer, verse 26. I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, he's alive, he's here, whom ye know not. He it is who's, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy, I'm not worthy to unloose. He said, I was sent to baptize with water. Why? He said, I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm not doing it for me. Oh yes, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for him. Watch, his view of Jesus and his view of self determined how he did his ministry. And his entire ministry was all about Jesus Christ. That's the entirety of it. Because of what, what he thought about him. Hey, even the way he went to his death. It was all about the Lord Jesus Christ. He went to Herod and he said, You know it's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife? Oh, lost his head over that. And Herod knew he was a Jew. He knew the law. He knew, he knew he was right. The ministry of John ministry of John, the way he views Jesus, the way he viewed himself. He must increase, I must decrease. The way he viewed himself, it determined how he did ministry all the way up to the way he died. It was all about Jesus Christ. The way he lived, right? The way he preached, the way he obeyed. Watch who he directed people to. This was, this was his whole life. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Look to Jesus. Look and live. This was his whole message. Isn't this what Christmas is all about, actually? Isn't this what Christmas is really all about? Isn't it the great reminder, year after year, and the celebration of the, uh, of the birth of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the great reminder that God put on flesh and came to earth to redeem us back to Himself. It's the purpose of it all. Absolutely, it's all about Him. No, it's not about the presence. It's not about the days off of work. It's not about the days off of school. It's not about football, if there's games. I don't know if there's games on Christmas. It's not about the food. It's not about whatever you want to fill in the blank, what you want to do on Christmas Day. It's not about that at all. It is all about Him. Amen. You say, uh-oh, I know what's coming next. No more presents or trees or lights or food. Or, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's not the focus. Paul said, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. How do you glorify God at Christmas? When you sit down to a meal, you know what, you, you know what comes, you, you, you pray the Holy Spirit brings to your mind? Thank you, Lord. If you hadn't come, this wouldn't even be possible. 
As you sit down and you enjoy those days off and you watch the calendar days go by that you're not punching the clock and hopefully you're still getting paid, you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a job that I have. I wouldn't have the joy of this work that I have. You sit down and to family, you sit down to food, you open a gift and you're reminded by the Spirit of God of the gift of God that taketh away the sin of the world. It's all about Him. It's all about the Lord Jesus. And watch this. We have an opportunity just like John did. Hey, just like John did every day of his life up until the day that he lost his head. He had every, we, have every, we have every opportunity to show the world what Christmas is all about. Hey, we're, we're going to get to show the world what Christmas is about here this coming Sunday. Christmas Eve. Wait till we have Christmas on Sunday. You'll love that. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We have an opportunity to tell the world what Christmas is all about. And there are churches that may not even have church. Right? Yeah. How many will be closed? I mean, isn't it crazy? Isn't it a crazy thought to, to not be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day when it falls on Christmas or Christmas Eve? I mean, it's like, if, if this is what we're going to end up with, it kind of reveals what Christmas really is all about to us. Just us. This is kind of a no-brainer, right? It's like, let me think here. The birthday of our Savior. Ah, we'll go do our own thing today. <laughs> I really want to bang my head up against this. I'm not going to. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because it's all about Him. It is all entirely about Him. I cannot believe we're almost done tonight. It's crazy. Merry Christmas. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> you know, when you're sitting around the table this week, hopefully you might open a few gifts. You might even get invited to a couple parties if you're good and behave, right? Would you do this this week? Would you ask the Lord to remind you of what it's all about? Would you ask the Lord not to lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing? Would you ask the Lord to give you opportunity? Maybe you're going to be at work this week to the co-worker. I'm telling you, do we not have an open door this week? <sighs> yeah. The only person who will probably be working Christmas is Alan. I mean, because that's just how they treat you over there. I tell you what. Next time I see him, I'm going to say something. <laughs> yeah. But every day we go to work, everybody's saying, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for this? I mean, we have an open door, right? You can say, well, I don't know. We're going to be at church. <laughs> going to church Sunday. Yeah, going to church. Going to eat some food Sunday. Going to go back to church again. Have another service. Yeah. Why? Because it's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. May God help us. May God help us to not fall into the trap of how the world handles this. And that we might always look at it with an open, an opportunity to open a door. You know what? You know what will help us if we view our life, and if we view the Lord Jesus like John viewed his life, and as John viewed the Lord Jesus, it dictated how he did his ministry. Watch, it'll dictate how we live our life. He must increase. Say it. I must decrease. Amen. 
Father, would you help us this week? You're going to put people in our path. We're going to have opportunity. We're going to have discussions. Maybe just tonight in our own heart, we need to be encouraged a little bit tonight and reminded a little bit tonight what it's all about. We're so thankful for the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that sweet rose of Sharon. Thank you for the lily of the valley. Lord, thank you for the sweet, the little lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Father, we thank you for Jesus tonight. Lord, help us to never forget the purpose of our life. Help us to never get, forget why, why we're here, why you've left us here, and what our purpose is. That you might increase and that we might decrease. That we would live like John, a voice of one just crying in the wilderness. A life that is heard and not seen. That all that might come out of our life is the word of God directing people, pointing to the finger, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. It's all about you. And we thank you for that tonight. We ask you to do that encouraging work in our heart tonight, please. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Instrument is going to play. I don't know how the Lord's spoken to you tonight. Have you been so busy lately with the preparation of Christmas coming up and the recognition of the celebration of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe you've been so busy and you haven't just taken a little bit of time. You know, tonight would be a good time just to get alone with the Lord and thank Him for what it's all about. Remember Martha, she was cumbered about with much care. She was, hey, she was getting food ready for the Lord Jesus Christ while her sister was sitting there doing nothing. (laughs) And what did Jesus say? No, she's chosen the better part. To sit at my feet. What was was Mary recognizing? Right? She was recognizing the point of everything was Jesus. It was Jesus. Maybe you'd spend some time with the Lord tonight. Ask Him to help you tonight. To keep in focus what our life is all about, what our ministry is all about, what this church is all about, what Christmas is all about, what everything is about. It's all about Him. Would He help us to do that tonight? Christmas is about Him. It's all about Him. Let's not forget that. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Wednesday night, we'll be back at 7 o'clock. Men's prayer, we'll have men's prayer this week. Um, and we'll be looking forward to that and uh, door knocking. I will not be here.